What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Level With You show. I am your host. My name is Wiley Olmstead, and this week I am joined by shiny Charmander Master Anthony Dewart. Ooga, booga, booga. The Sub-Zero Hero, Kenny Castro. Ooh, I like that name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and first-team Rocket Leaguer, Tyler Hadley. First-team first, first team Rocket Leaguer? What? First-team. Uh, it's like, you know, you're on the All-Star team. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You're not the you, second you team. Sa- you said Rocket League, but uh, Team Rocket. Team Rocket League. Went, went into my head. <laughs> oh, my bad. I clearly yeah. just thought of these names five minutes ago and wrote them on the pad because I didn't want to use my nicknames from the previous two nah, weeks. Nah, so. nah, that's good. You're good. Forgive good we keeping it fresh. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Keeping it light. Okay. All right. So this is a weekly video game podcast where the four of us get together and talk about, you guessed it, video games. You can p- catch us on Twitch all throughout the week. We've got... Madden Monday is going on. Kenny's been killing it with that. You can mm-hmm. challenge us and play us Sunday evenings in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. We had another successful Super Smash Sunday the other night. And uh, Anthony's doing all types of Dragon Ball and art and, and cool stuff. And Tyler's doing his usual JRPG stuff. I'm trying to figure out what else to stream as well. So if anybody wants to let us know throughout the chat today in the episode what you want me to stream. I just picked up Division 2. I don't know what else to stream. You know, mm. I was thinking because I am horrible at it. And I was hoping you would jump in the chat, maybe trying my hand at like Dark Souls 3. Oh, never, be never beaten or played any of these games. I think I play it for like 15 minutes and I'm like, fuck it. That would be fun to watch. So maybe I'll stream it and get help from everybody else. Give me pointers in the chat, you know? That would be fun. I mean, I would I would commend you for your courage in undertaking such a task. Uh, just because, like, not that the games are so insanely hard, they are pretty damn hard, but, like, having to learn the mechanics and having people watching you as doing it, mm. Um, mm. it puts that spotlight on you. And oh, I yeah. feel like I, I I I do good under pressure. Okay. Perform I would well. uh, I would recommend playing Kingdom Hearts Remind. I've been watching some people play through all 13 organization members. Those look hard. And those look pretty intense. Okay. And so- I think that would be very interesting and topical. Okay, so I might just do that then. Maybe I'll go install that tonight, and I'll get ready to stream that later this week. Where go? Because there's no way you're gonna be Yazora. Because I saw somebody fighting him, and he looks nuts. Oh, you fight him? Spoilers! Ah! <laughs> I want to play that though, real bad. Now I want to fight Yozora mm-hmm. to beat him. Did you pick that up? Remind not yet, but it, I we get I get paid Thursday. Word. Same. Remind. Coming for you. Looks like we just made a decision right on the air. Yeah. Yeah. I Perfect. also want to know, Anthony, what are you going to start drawing on the level with you stream? Well. Uh, when they update their terms of service. Exactly. <laughs> when they allow me to start putting nipples on screen, then we can do that. Nope. Uh, Bathing actually, suits gonna, only. I got some new uh, ideas coming in. I got a fresh new set of pins I'm working out with uh, Top Chi right now, so... Just finished up the most current set, so uh, got a couple ideas floating around. So I might throw a couple sketches up this coming week. Get a get a jump on the work. Maybe just doodle around a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we also need boobs, uh, we also need some sub emotes designed. I could do that. I like faces. I, I like cool. emotes. Okay. What we could use the David Bowie one we have in the in the can. Well, that's a uh, that's an alert. Oh, okay. We that's need right. some emotes. So these just emotes like the faces. It can be faces. It can be words. It can be whatever. Like, wow, whatever we cool. want. Rad. We'll talk about Splat. it. Splat. Sizzler. Stay level. Stay level. Caboose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could be like, ooh, Wendy's. You <laughs> Wendy's. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like maybe our catchphrase is like, <laughs> And then the, who could forget the classic? <laughs> who could forget? Who could forget? Just a little bit more of housekeeping. We do have a tournament that you can join. Uh, Smash.gg. Further 
details in the description of this video. Uh, we are hosting a tournament April 2nd, downtown Springfield, um, aiming to have 64 players. We're going to have food and drink. It's going to be real cool. We're going to have real real professional production, and we are looking forward to it. And you should be too, especially if you like that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which I know so many of you do. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So we got so much news to talk about this week. I mean, we're not going to get to it right now. I do want to know, Anthony... I always see you with these giant cups of Dunkin' Donuts, and I gotta know what's your what's your flavor? What's, what's, what's the stuff in there? Oh boy, that's that's a good one. It, it, it's 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 like a it's a seasonal thing. So it's like you know I like my fall anime, I like my summer anime. I like uh, right now it's you've got we got I don't know, I say winter flavor, so they got a Girl Scout cookie. So mm. today what? it's coconut caramel. Mm-hmm. Coconut caramel, just cream. Okay. It gets a little too sweet. Put sugar in there too. Uh, and I also hate when they don't like. Mix it at all. They just put it all in there, and it's just all at the bottom. So you put your straw in, you, you know, you're thirsty, a little overzealous. Suck, suck it all up. Just get all the sugar, all the, the sauce. All the sugar juice. No, it's just like, I'm like, oh, God. It's a great way to start the day. the back of the throat. Oh, yeah. It's just in the teeth, too. Just, you can taste it. It's like, oh, God. It's mm-hmm. like, I know I'm putting that in my body, but I'd rather it when it's a little more watered down than just chunky. Okay. But it's good. Like, uh, coconut caramel right now, and then thin mint, which is really good. Not bad. It's, it's like kind of a mocha, but I, I messed it up last week, and apparently when I when I say it in the morning, I'm not awake enough, so it sounds like cinnamon. So the lady gave me cinnamon one week. Uh, that was okay. not what I was expecting. I can see the confusion there. I was like, can I have thin mint coffee? Because it sounds like cinnamon. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit. And you're a caramel mo- mocha swirl guy, Tyler? Oh, you betcha. Oh, yeah. Every time? Caramel mocha black. Mm, it's black? black? Yep, no cream, no sugar. There's wow. enough. There's enough sugar just in the caramel mocha stuff. See, I was debating doing that today. Yeah, too. I mean, that's what I would think. Um, just doing black, but what? like, because even Kenny, just that's too not sweet enough. I don't, for I, don't, you. I don't drink coffee. Oh, okay. But I'm like, but you, but you're but down a, black. a 16 ounce Red Bull, no, no problem. But you won't drink. That, that was one time. That was one time. That was. That was <laughs> don't judge me. I just sleep that. That's, that's okay. I, I slept fine, like, like three in the morning, like I normally do. Okay. Well, I, honestly, I think I'm a. I'm just gonna crash and fail one day like i'm like i live off of just natural energy mm. and four hours of sleep everybody put your give your energy to kenny we gotta you gotta channel a, your energy that, everybody that's how i get to that, that's how i get to work every single day i channel a little spirit ball in the in the shower and <laughs> <laughs> right. wake up their kids mom give me your energy everybody like, go wake up your parents i know they're sleeping i'm like fuck another day of work Oh, like yeah. when's the when's the nukes coming? <laughs> I'm ready for fallout. Well, if anybody wants to know, I take just a little bit of cream mm-hmm. and uh, no sugar. There you go. And what's the flavor? No flavor. Just regular Ooh. coffee. Just regular coffee. Just, like original yeah. blend. Coffee flavored coffee. That's usually yeah. what I do at home. This is why this curate. is why you lose to me in Mortal Kombat, Wiley. <laughs> yeah, I'm a man the jitters. of a fine taste. <laughs> no, I, I do. That's what I do at home. Like a Keurig, or if I have like a coffee out anywhere, I love just like a little cream, and maybe okay, maybe like a like one cube of sugar, okay. just like a straight black coffee. Heard. Or maybe just one cube of sugar and just straight black. Who has cubes of sugars now? I, I do. Jesus. We have it in my house. We got a little cube. I was surprised too. Trust me. I didn't even know they made cubes of sugar still. Apparently they do. Yeah. So I just. I have one cube wow. of sugar, and that's my coffee at home. But I didn't even know they had cubes. Until Something charming about a cube of sugar. There is. It's you just uh, like it. I, I, you know what? I would try and just throw it in my mouth and bite into it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So that's why cubes of sugar not safe in my household. <laughs> I would be like, <laughs> away from me. I would be like, hmm. Maybe I need a shot of sugar cube. There you go. <laughs> Gotta get that blood pressure up. Just straight, straight cube sugar. Man, goodness. these tums mm-hmm. taste great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, upset stomach? 
Sugar. <laughs> Code it. All right, so we got so much news to get through this week that I didn't want to rush the what we've been playing, and I, I thought that we should start off with uh, you know getting through that so we can kind of mellow out and have a nice denouement to our podcast where we talk about the games that we've been playing I this like week. I like denouement. I thought you were thinking you know, like the jeans territory. I was like, <laughs> denouement. I, I, I ordered those denims off a of wish. Denouement. <laughs> and we'll you know, experiment with this going forward. I'd be interested to hear if anyone wants to comment on what you think goes better at the front end of the show. If you want us to hear about what we've been playing or about what's happening in the gaming industry. Uh, this week we're going gaming industry. And we are going to start with... He's sleeping over there. Frozen. Right. 4A. 4A. News in. All right, that was a weird delivery, Tyler, but I, I kind of liked it. I don't know. It's like a different direction. Like you... I was going with like a Tim and Eric kind of style uh, okay. int- intro. It was a very, uh, very alternative, very, uh, very adult swim. <laughs> All right, so this first one comes straight from blog.bioware.com. Now, there's this game that came out last year. It's called Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Their response should uh, give you an indication on how it was received. I'm sure you know yourself. Um, so this is the blog post from Casey Hudson, who's kind of the head of, head of gaming at Bioware. Hey, everyone. One year ago, we were preparing to launch Anthem, a game that represented a big leap, leap into new territory for us as a studio. It was an exhilarating and terrifying experience to go out to the world with something new and different, and we are grateful to all the players who have come along with us on the journey. It has been a thrill for us to see the creativity of our players in designing customized javelins and watching them master Anthem's flying and fighting gameplay. I am so proud of the work the team has put into this game, and at the same time, there's so much more that we, and you, would have wanted from it. Over the last year, the team has worked hard to improve the stability, performance, and general quality of life while delivering three seasons of new content and features. We have also heard your feedback that Anthem needs a more satisfying loot experience, better long-term progression, and a more fulfilling endgame. So we recognize that there's still more fundamental work to be done to bring out the full potential of the experience, and it will require a more substantial reinvention than an update or expansion. Over the coming months, we will be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards, while preserving the fun and flying of fighting in a vast science fantasy setting. And to do that properly, we'll be doing something we'd like to have done more of the first time around, giving a focused team the time and test to iterate, focusing on gameplay first. In the meantime, we will continue to run the current version of Anthem, but move away from full seasons as the team works toward the future of Anthem. We'll keep the game going with events, some refreshes, and revisiting past seasonal and cataclysm content, starting with our anniversary towards the end of the month. Creating new worlds is not... Uh, it is central to our studio mission, but it's not easy. Sometimes we get get it right, sometimes we miss. What keeps us going is the support from players like you. Your feedback gives us guidance on how we can improve, and your passion inspires us with the courage to create. I look forward to working together with your involvement and feedback towards the best possible future for Anthem. Wow. All right, so what do we think of this statement? Are we taking them at his word? I'd hope so. It kind of sounds like they're trying to do what they did with uh, what Square did with Final Fantasy XIV Online, when that, like, first came out and just fucking tanked mm-hmm. and bombed they're like all right okay we're gonna take the game back i mean they, they totally shut it off though like they killed the game they reinvented everything and it came out you know amazing the second time around but it was pulled i think for like maybe a year or two years after launch or not even not even a year after but i mean like it launched didn't do well for like a couple months and then they pulled it and I think it was like a year or two years after they relaunched it but i'd hope i mean it sounds like the whole first run of the game was just like a it was a producer or a um 
like EA's kind of like calling the shots, and it wasn't like what the game designers wanted. It was what the you know the company wanted. Perhaps I mean they, um, they feel a lot of regret, obviously, and they're like, "Oh mm-hmm. man, this sucks." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the game came out to, you know, the the type. It's supposed to be the type of game that you're supposed to come back to constantly. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be a Destiny competitor, live service, right? You exactly. Call it. And you know, it had a uh, very, you know, not a great selection of weapons to grind for. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like this whole thing about the the first gun in the game is actually just as powerful as the other guns in the game, so all the progression is just like meaningless anyway. Ooh, um, that's, that's and then the, um, from my understanding, the roadmap wasn't really like even that clear as well. Like of the content roadmap, like mm-hmm. post launch, right, was very clear, and they didn't really stick to much of it. Um, I did try play the game recently, free on EA Access. Nice. Um, it plays. It plays. Decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got Bo- the trappings there. Yeah, boring at times. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not really invested in the story right here. Mm-hmm. You know, but decent gameplay, like the you know the shooting and all, and it looks you know, beautiful. The like, gameplay style, like it was decent. Like I could I could see them going real No Man's Sky ish and revamping it, re- resurrecting it, and yeah. giving it some life. Uh, will people go in and give it a shot? I will that's, fix it. That's the question. You know. I think they don't. I think just keep it as low as, as low as the price as possible, and just revamp it and try and see if mm-hmm. we could add in content, pay content after you revamp it with a free update. You have yeah. to first yeah. provide a huge free update, mm-hmm. totally, before you then try to drop Sell paid copies, pay, and... paid content, which is you crazy. Know? You mentioned No Man's Sky, and that's the thing that I've heard on all the other podcasts. Like, will it have its No Man's Sky moment where it comes back? Everybody loves an underdog. Blah blah blah. They still have not charged a single dime for additional content for No Man's Sky, which mm-hmm. is crazy. That game is like had three major updates now, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't think EA is going to be having that. I could see them allowing for one for sure. I really hope um, they would. I, I don't mean but... to interrupt you. I, that name is yellow for me, Tyler. Who is that disrespecting me right now? Uh, I can't tell. It's a Daff Daff and Goat S O S M D. Oh my can't god! Can't even tell. It sounds like somebody I smacked around in Madden, most likely. Oh, oh damn! What are they saying? It says my Knicks suck, and that I need to get my weight up in, in Super Smash Brothers. It sounds like a jilted loser. I don't you know. need to get your weight up. Like was yeah, that, like, like I, I need to get better. Oh, see, I don't even know the term. So <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I already know who it is. Just tell me to play K rule. I'll teach you. I'll teach you a good K rule strategy. You know the gun. La- last, last, I, last I checked, I, I beat him in Smash as well. We we got a split one one on one, and I smacked him around in Madden, so he shouldn't talk. Let's keep the stories going, Wiley. Right. Sorry okay. about that. <laughs> Let's keep Sorry it going. Sorry for the interruption. All right, so we'll see what comes of Anthem. I did pick it up for five bucks, still in the packaging, because I knew that this was happening in the for works. What, for what system? PS4. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll pick it up too. Okay. Cool. <laughs> would you right. wait? Would you get for five bucks? I think um, GameStop. Shoot. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know if they still are running that, but I know you're going to be able to get it cheap. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's Division Two, and I mean I'm going to yeah, have Division nice Two also. Five yeah, Division bucks. Two. Yeah, Division through to three bucks, getting a huge update within the next two to three weeks. Man, I love when games keep failing, so we can get these free good updates, <laughs> cheap, and the bargain gamer plays. Our next story, the coronavirus is having an effect on Switch production. Mm-mm. With or without Lime. Uh, what? Oh, I'm <laughs> I haven't enough of those jokes. I know. It's, it's a serious <laughs> business. I know, this sucks. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's spooky. 
It is spooky. Um, so this comes from GameSpot. Uh, production and shipping of the Nintendo Switch, Joy-Con controllers, and other Nintendo peripherals like Ring Fit Adventure will be delayed due to the outbreak of the new coronavirus. In a move, the company says is unavoidable. Nintendo notes this will only have an impact on the domestic Japanese market, but Daniel Ahmed, a senior analyst at games market research firm Nyko Partners, told CNBC that it could become a problem in the U.S. and other markets too. China is important for manufacturing of some some game hardware, phones, and other components, and we believe that the entire supply chain of manufactured goods will be impacted, much more than just games, Ahmed explained. When looking at games consoles specifically, we note that 96% of video game consoles imported to the U.S. in 2018 were, 2018 were produced in China. Um, the coronavirus has spread across the world and claimed the lives of over 500 people. It's, it's now actually a thousand yeah uh, aside from its effect on nintendo's production and shipping the virus has also impacted video games in other ways sales of plague inc the real-time strategy game about creating a deadly pathogen recently spiked as people purchased the game trying to gain a better understanding of how viruses can spread i don't know if that was their main i don't think that was their <laughs> main uh, educational no <laughs> they was just like i'm gonna create coronavirus too yeah Blizzard was also forced to cancel multiple Overwatch League events in China, and organizers of the Taipei Game Show postponed the uh, annual show until later this year. Um, there was also a, a PUBG tournament that was scheduled for um, Germany. Mm -hmm. That had to be pushed back. So Wow, as far as Germany, huh? Yeah, PUBG Corporation revealed over the weekend it will postpone PGS Berlin, the PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds eSports event scheduled for April. April. Wow. Um, so... It's starting to get a little freaky out there. I honestly think it's a lot worse than they're letting on, too. I think that it's a lot worse than what we've been told because, I mean, they're just keeping it not as, like, insane or telling us as much as it actually is to keep the public out of a panic mm -hmm. in a way because, you know, how people freak out over, like, oh, man, I'm gonna, there's going to be a blizzard at Thursday, but I haven't gone grocery shopping. You know, everybody floods the supermarket on Wednesday. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but, but it's like, I mean, that's we're humans. It's understandable. But, I mean, you know, I'd hope that we're... Was, is, is this a cold? Like, is coronavirus? Like, it's, I'm it's still... a flu. Uh, it's a type of flu. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I don't know what the symptoms are other than you eventually can die. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So what is it? Is it like there's so much of an outbreak in these other countries that they just can't ship anything because the shipment would, can be contaminated. Can, could be contaminated with this virus? Yeah. Mm. That's insane. They closed down the whole pavilion in uh, the Toy Fair the, in New York that's coming up in a couple weeks, the China Pavilion, which is huge because a, a lot of stuff like is made in China. Like I was looking at a lot of stuff recently, just noticing it off the you know offhand, like looking at things like little toys or something I had or like everything figurines. Made Everything's China. made in China, so <laughs> it's like that's that'll be a big problem if that you know. Hopefully yeah. after the season passes. I mean, I'm not sure, Tyler, but I'm pretty sure that they have some cities of millions of people quarantined right now. That's nice. I know the, the, what, the reason I asked you what was your cruise ship is that a lot of them are up, are updating their policies right now. Um, yeah. Like, um, nobody that's been in mainland China is, like, allowed on any of, in the last 30 days, is allowed on, like, any of the four major um, cruise companies right wow. now. Holy yeah, crap. there have been cruises that have been quarantined and weren't able to come back because of the virus I mean, like, like out at sea yeah they're still yeah. out there dude wow yeah. crazy holy crap confined to their rooms in a lot of cases That's yeah i can't even can you, can you imagine though like not being able to leave a cruise ship room those those rooms are tiny they're small i would freak out that's like claustrophobia plus if you have to like uh, hopefully the plumbing all works there still but just like i feel like that'd be even worse that's just like an incubator then if you're stuck mm -hmm. in those rooms 
Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's oh. Ooh, that's like Resident Evil shit. I'll bring my Switch. Yeah, like I, I got a Ring Fit Adventure. Anyone you do. That's buy a it? hot commodity. It's a Corona free Ring Fit Adventure. Where's the lime? <laughs> you gotta come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean everybody's joking about this virus, and like you know, I see it in memes and everything. And I, to be honest, like I get the Corona, haha, it's a beer, it's funny, but like it's mm -hmm. a disease that's killing people, and that is like spreading a alarming rate that is kind of scary so maybe right. lay off the jokes that's kind of how i feel about it right now yeah oh well, it gets blown up to a point i just joke about it because that's the only way i know how to deal with un like being comfortable like, <laughs> uncomfortable ah, situations ah. understandable yeah yeah um and now so our, wash your hands everybody yeah, yes wash your damn hands Please. and uh maybe don't go to china for just a little while just a little bit keep eating their delicious food yes outer world switch delayed due to virus yeah, you thought I was done? No. <laughs> We're back. Take-Two has delayed the Outer Worlds on the Nintendo Switch due to the coronavirus. Subsidiary Private Division took to Twitter to say the virus, which has now spread to more than 25 countries, has forced the closure of the Chinese porting studio Virtuous. Oof. To clarify, the team at Virtuous is okay, but their office has remained closed during this time. Private Division said in a follow-up tweet, We're working with the team to determine an updated development timeline, and we'll share more regarding a new launch date shortly. Obsidian side role-playing game launched in October 2019 for PC, PS4, and Xbox One with the Nintendo Switch version initially due out on March 6th. It is now due out some point after the current fiscal year, which ends March 31st. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, so like this shit expected. ain't no joke. It's affecting the games industry and like, in a meeting, people are like there's rumblings about it affecting the launch of PS5 and Xbox Series X. Wow. I mean, totally could happen if things get worse i mean anything could really happen yeah you know, your whole life can change in a day so in the gaming stratosphere i'd say for sure i mean i hope they get it i know they got the world health organization involved now they were like trying to keep it um in-house mm -hmm. and have a deal with chinese but now they're you know i think they're getting assistance from the cdc world health organization as well so like I am currently almost at the very end of this post-apocalyptic book I've been reading called The Stand, written by Stephen King, which is about a, a virus that kills 99% of the human population. Shit. You just heard the last... I'm on chapter like 72 or 73. It's a 47-hour audiobook. I have three hours left. I've been listening to it for like two months. and It was intense. Like the last like minute that I walked in on you reading in your car, I was like, Whoa, or that was being read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally you came in at pretty much the climax of the book. Yep. So, um, you spoiled it, but I'm sure you didn't know what the hell was. Skip the 71 hours. Um, so yeah, another out, outer worlds related news. Moving on to our next story, um, and I want this to kind of lead into a discussion about Xbox Game Pass. Um, so it's now sold two million copies. That does not include the installs from Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Um. So this is Take-Two, who was the publisher of The Outer Worlds. Uh, this is his take on whether or not it was a good move to have The Outer Worlds on the service. On the subject of subscription services like Xbox Game Pass, Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick said it's an ongoing conversation at the company regarding how much the company will support programs like Xbox Game Pass and others. He said that, as a general rule, Take-Two simply wants to release games where the consumer is, and that could include subscription libraries. At the same time, he also said subscription services might be better suited for older titles as a way to give them a second lease on life. We think subscription offerings are probably better suited to the catalog, but we're willing to take experimental chances when it makes sense. It's early days for all these platforms. Um, 
So I know that Kenny and I are the two that use Game Pass quite a bit. It's almost, you know, 40 to 50% of my gaming of the past several months, I would say. Yeah, it's a good chunk of mine. Yeah, for sure. I've been trying out games that I don't think I would have picked up on a regular. Mm-hmm. And... Which is the beauty of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're like, oh, I'll give that a shot. It's not cost me anything extra. Mm. But, like, I think it's interesting. And I think that this is something that the industry as a whole will have to deal with next generation. Um, you, you see services like Spotify and Netflix um, sort of monopolizing the mind share of the consumers because of their accessibility mm-hmm. and because of how affordable it is. And I wonder if we're still going to be able to get. You know, I, I don't have any doubts in the short term about, you know, big AAA games, but like if you can get Halo, the new brand new Halo without having to spend an extra dime, then you have the competitor coming out with, you know, the next Horizon Zero Dawn and they're charging 60 bucks, you might go the Halo route and save your 60 bucks for something else, even if you were borderline on the fence. And I'm just like, I don't know if the subscription model is enough to like support the industry. So I, mm. that's, that's one thing that worries me about it. So... I think that it's an option. I don't think it'll, it'll be the full-on norm mm-hmm. um, to support the industry. You're going to get people that don't want to pay monthly subscription. that are completely against spending $15 a month and would rather pick up their $60 game mm-hmm. because they're like, oh, I'm just, this is, I only play three titles a month, a year. I play NBA 2K, Call of Duty, and whatever else. They're going to drop $180 for that year and their monthly service fee or the year or $60 for the PS uh, PS Plus or, you know, gold for Xbox. You're going to get those players. Yeah. Um, you'll get people who like building their collections and also don't trust these streaming services. Like, well, I'm paying for the streaming service. So I want to be able to go back to this game if I want to play it for the 35th time. Well, what if it leaves the catalog? Because mm-hmm. the games aren't there forever. Mm-hmm. They come and go. Um, so... It, it's going to have its balance. You know, I think we're just going to see, you know, some people like more, I think it's more geared towards the casual gamers, people who are like, I don't want to spend $60, but I want to catalog a game. So most Netflix style that I could pick from and kind of is not tailored to just one person. There's multiple categories, first person shooters, um, third person shooters, puzzle games, you know, RPGs. It has just a little, just a little array of everything to mm-hmm. suit anybody at just ten dollars a month or 15 if you go for with the ultimate true but you and i are big proponents of it and we are not casual gamers we're not yeah so like we are it is making me i will say buy less games a little Definitely. bit like not not like a drastic amount like i bought kentucky route zero for 25 bucks which we're gonna <clears> talk about later in the show mm-hmm. and i'm happy to support a game like that but i was like dang i haven't actually bought a game in like several weeks now mm-hmm. i've still been playing all this new stuff and it's because of game pass and i feel like well is this going to come to Game Pass? I don't know. So like, um, gives you that kind of like doubt, but exactly, which hasn't burned me yet. There hasn't been actually no. There has. I bought Bloodstained, and then like three weeks later, it was on Game Pass. Game Pass. Um, at least for myself, I I have bought way less games. Um, been experimenting with games that I wouldn't have tried before, like I said. Um, but there is still, you know, I don't have a Game Pass on the, on the PS4. So mm-hmm. there is exclusives like yeah. like I said this weekend I bought Nino Kuni two for like ten dollars mm-hmm. I had ten dollar credit at GameStop and I was like it's twenty bucks yeah that's a great price I just bought it for twelve dollars oh, really? yeah, yeah I just bought it again turn it up yeah that's yeah, oh, look at that ago. so mm-hmm. I just picked it up I'm like 
Still haven't played it. <laughs> yeah, I, I started it, you know, maybe five hours in so far. Yeah. Okay, not nothing too crazy, but I was like, you know, I, I need a I need a new JR, JRPG in my life, mm. uh, but I wasn't just ready to dive fully into it. So you know, like I was like, yeah, you know, I have it there. It's okay. there. It's in my collection. My collection for my PS4 is looking nice. I like my physical games for the PS4. Same. I think it's something about the blue case that I like better than the green cases for the Xbox. Yeah, well, like, and I think that we are also a unique case because we all have all the three systems, uh, and so we can have Xbox be the digital console Mm -hmm. and PS4 be the, like, this is my marquee console with all my games. Look at my beautiful collection, which, Mm -hmm. like, you know, we all three are are pretty big into collecting various things, uh, especially this guy over here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll let let you figure it out. A little little mystery this week to to Amiibo Shelf. It's what I had. It's a whole bunch. You should check it out. But you want to see pictures, I'll post them. Yeah, I want a tour, and I want a video yeah. on the level with you, YouTube channel. We'll make it like a my crib kind of thing, and then I'll have an actual crib. Yeah. <laughs> and Amiibo's in the crib. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it's well spent. I feel like on this subject, I'm actually, I feel like I'm hearing a couple different things from, from you guys. Firstly, I, I feel like your definition of new is kind of like... A, a new game is like five months it came out five months ago or you something like that you, yeah you are correct there yeah so in that case i feel like i mean I, i'm kind of thinking of it of how like movies are released in theaters like a new game is dropping but then after a certain amount of time then it might get picked up by one of these subscription catalogs mm-hmm. um so i think just like the definition of new for for this sort of subscription-based model um and like when games are actually picked up like that's when games are like when games games aren't on only on rare occasions games are being like dropped initially on like games pass and same day release (laughs) as physical as it is game pass yeah well actually i mean i you are correct that i was wrong about um children of morta and um plague tale those did come out a few months ago but Microsoft is is committed to making their first party titles day and date on Game Pass for no additional charge. Yep. So all the Forzas, all the Halos, um, certain all the Gears yeah. when they come out. So like the Gears Tactics when it comes out, it'll be day one. True. Flight um, Simulator. Yep. Um, but we have another one coming out soon. Um, Bleeding Edge. Or is it Will of the Wisps? Yeah. Yep. So Bleeding Edge is another one that's a first party one that'll be Game Pass exclusive. Actually, the beta for that is this weekend and the only way to access the beta is downloading it through the game pass uh, okay yeah i think i actually saw that notification last night and i might have already downloaded it yeah same here so you know all their first party titles are going to be day of release on game pass so i wonder like going forward you know because that's such a hardcore move and i remember when they announced it it was like wow megaton um that's what I think can be industry shaking uh, going forward, especially if the Series X comes out and is doesn't get clobbered by the PS5 uh, like the PS4 clobbered the Xbox One. So, and, and I truly believe that a lot of this is going. I think this is going to lead into another story I saw on the outline, is that Game Pass is part of their bigger picture in regards to how they're who who and who they're competing against. And it's all about the cloud, and Game Pass is going to be something you're going to be able to play on your phone, mm-hmm. and X, at, yeah, X Cloud with X Cloud, with and just be able to play it. And you know, they even right now, if you go to the Microsoft Store, they sell gaming clips that that connect to your or that you put hook up your phone and connect to your Xbox controller. Oh yeah. So 
they're already making their moves to solidify xCloud and Game Pass as a as one big thing. Mm. Um, that you'll be able to play your Game Pass games on your brand new phone anywhere. You know? That leads us into our next story. Philly Spence, a.k.a. Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, says Google and Amazon are the real competition for Xbox. Uh, this comes from an outlet called Protocol, and then I also took some uh, from The Verge. Microsoft's head of gaming and Xbox, Phil Spencer, has revealed that the company sees Amazon and Google as its main competition for the future. Speaking in an interview with newly launched technology publication Protocol, Spencer dismisses Sony and Nintendo's ability to create a cloud infrastructure that will challenge Microsoft, Google, or Amazon. When you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them. But we see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward, says Spencer. That's not to disrespect Nintendo and Sony, but the traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position. I guess they could try to recreate Azure, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars in the cloud over the years. Microsoft has been realigning its gaming efforts for a future far beyond the Xbox console. The software giant's big effort now involves reaching billions of players around the world with cloud. Everybody turn the page. Gaming. Google has already launched its Stadia service, and Microsoft is trailing is trialing its own xCloud streaming surface that is set to launch fully later this year. Spencer has previously discussed the threat of Amazon and Google as competitors, but not in such clear terms. He also previously stated that Microsoft's gaming business isn't how many consoles you sell. And he acknowledges this further by noting that Microsoft isn't interested in getting into a new future format war with Nintendo and Sony. I don't want to be in a fight over format wars with those guys while Amazon and Google are focusing on how to get gaming to 7 7 billion people around the world says Spencer in the protocol interview. Ultimately, that's the goal. It's cool that they're less focused on like a console war kind of area now rather than like, all right, we're all, we all like playing video games. We all like making games. How can we get these games out you know, right. to more people with you know, these co- our new competitors? Yeah. I, honestly, I think that he is it's just realizing that we as gamers, right, the console gamers, we don't amount for the most inc- or for the most revenue when it comes to games per se. It's the mobile gamers like Anthony mm-hmm. who spend endless dollars on Candy Crush, endless dollars on all these things because they're playing it on their phone. They don't have to, they're already paying for their phone monthly. They don't got to buy a $300 console, $400 console, $500 console. How do you get those people that are gaming already with these little, little, you know, weave games playing your games, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Xbox is going. And I'd try the xCloud. XCloud, I've played Madden matches on it. Like, I've played some, I actually played some Gears on it. It's not bad, actually. It's pretty good. I even played it down here in Tyler's basement without connecting to its internet, just running off of my data on wow. mobile. And it was still pretty well. Wow. So, it, it's the future. I don't think they will abandon the Xbox, the Xbox consoles, but his thinking is just. Bigger than the consoles. It's just how do we get our games to everyone, mm-hmm. not just the console players. Mm. So it's big. It's bold. Yeah, you know? I mean, you're right. I was I was a little confused where you were going with that when you first started, but then yeah. you brought it all together. I was like, oh, okay. These mobile gamers are going to be the ones that like can now yeah. just attach an Xbox controller. Yeah. Or not. Maybe they'll think of... Apple Arcade, kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Now that's yeah. throwing more titles on there. You can just... The Game Pass of the phone. True. Yeah, and I've heard good things about that Apple Arcade. Yeah. Right. It looks. I was actually looking at it today. Some of those titles don't look half bad. The mm-hmm. only problem would be my space on my phone. Mm-hmm. Be a limitation. You know what I think is going to happen? What? I think that they're going to release their own phone that kind of like slips into a Xbox controller, 
kind of like a sort of like a switch type system or like a dreamcast yeah the memory the vmu <laughs> yeah. the virtual memory Basically. units. these things are sick except they make the worst noises i think i think that would be probably like the direction that they want to go that way those mobile gamers aren't having to walk around with a whole separate controller they can just kind of like slip their phone into a kind of more compact kind of designed type thing and then just have their like screen and right in the middle like as they play I mean that's a pretty pie in the sky prediction, but I like it. We'll see. As long as it's better than the end gauge, I don't care. <laughs> well, I think I think they'll they'll upgrade the X Cloud to the point where, you know, you you know for the for they will have certain games that require the the controller, right? Then some games will have the on screen you know little little controller like Call of Duty Mobile, you know, like where you have the you just have the sec the bottom section of the phone where mm. bottom left section where the pad and you just move around with it and you shoot with the buttons that are on the top right or top or bottom left or bottom right as well you know yeah what they'll have the what i'm picturing in my mind is whenever xcloud does launch and it's you know incorporated with game pass and people are doing it on the phones they'll have a, a mobile compatible section and the controller required section exactly yeah. and those divided like that and, and don't thrive i i actually think though they are gonna really thrive because the way they're experimenting and just trialing um x cloud they want to know what carrier you have they want to know so they they know you're like they'll they're gathering all this data depending on what carrier you're using what area you're from you know so they see what carriers are are kind of like you know lacking in speed or aren't aren't able to fully you know like use up what xcloud is trying to do mm -hmm. in that era so they'll know in the east coast verizon is doing better with xcloud than t-mobile or at&t you know so it's not just the middle not the people just trying it and for the bugs and the errors they're gathering all the other data the data we don't pay attention to mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so it's gonna it, i think it'll be good you know i don't think it's gonna fall short like stadia i think it's gonna come out full force when it drops later this year and you know stadia at this point we don't know what their game is you know like they do they end up joining forces and just using their technology to help you know i don't know like google google's really stumbled out the gate with stadia i think nobody would argue that yep. um you know they've got the money clearly they're google um to invest i don't know if they have the know-how or the uh, proper people working for them that you know, know how to speak to gamers. Did you guys see that some guy was like, well, it's up to the game publishers to announce games. Like, <laughs> nope. Which, you know, true, but like, you know, you're supposed to maybe make a phone call and ask him to do it. I'm like, hey, yeah. can you can you please push this? You mean not, you know, yeah. um, I just automatically do it. But any, and then Amazon, you know, they're even richer and or who knows, but yeah. that needs a little more structure. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, interesting that he would say that. And, you know, I know that Sony and Microsoft have, have already somewhat partnered on streaming technology. We had a story on that um, yeah. a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, interesting future. We got a lot to look forward to in 2020. Speaking of 2020, uh, this next story with System Shock 3, Team Let Go. Game probably on hold indefinitely via Games Chronicle. Yeah, you got it. Uh, shows here that System Shock 3 development team has been let go been claimed as several senior leads confirmed that they've departed developer Other Side Entertainment. System Shock 3's writer and director, lead programmer, design director, and more have all confirmed their exit from Other Side in the past five months, following the company's year-long search for a new publisher. But according to one anonymous developer, the entire team is now no longer employed by Other Side. In February 2019, System Shock 3's then-publisher, Starbreeze, 
which was experiencing financial troubles, sold the publishing rights for the game back to the developer in a deal which saw Starbreeze recoup the finances it had invested in development. The game's creative director, Warren Spector, told VGC in May of the same year that talks were progressing with a lot of interested publishers. He claimed the other side had enough capital to fund itself for quite a while and didn't rule out the studio self-publishing the game itself if it had to. However, it's since emerged that a that at least a dozen senior System Shock 3 developers have left the studio in the past five months. That includes System Shock 3's writer and director, senior designer, lead programmer, QA lead, senior environment artist, and more. Uh, this week, the game's direct, design director, Chase Jones, a longtime collaborator of Spectres, also revealed that he has left other side on his LinkedIn profile. In December 2019, the studio's former community manager, Sam... Oh, God, I'm going to butcher this. Langhoch. 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 <laughs> confirmed there had been layoffs at the studio and expressed a worry for its future. And a quote, I know people are concerned about the state of the studio. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried as well. Like, oh, said. <laughs> Talk about a, a blunt quote yeah. there. At least he's yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, so that ends. Having played the internal System Shock 3 demo, I knew the Austin team worked their asses off and made some stunning progress in the past couple of months. It hurts to see many of these developers out of a job on a project they work so hard on. That sucks. It does suck, man. Yeah, I mean that's. It seems like it's kind of going the same flow as like Duke Nukem Forever, which is like tossed around, going through development hell, you know, encountered all these problems, and then well, like a decade later, finally got released to just like pfft, scaling reviews was like twenty bucks in a couple months. Yeah, I mean, uh, System Shock. If you're not familiar, is kind of the pioneer in the um, Days X, right? That genre. What's the word I'm looking for? Immersive sim, where mm -hmm. you can kind of uh, enter an area and have a, a variety of ways to complete your objective you know mm -hmm. go through the event here confront this person here sneak around and just sort of role playing in a 3d environment in in real time and i think that uh this system shock 2 is the sort of spiritual um precursor to bioshock uh, a lot of people that uh, worked on that also worked on bioshock if i'm not mistaken and the the influence is sort of wears it on its sleeve um, so there was a lot of high hopes for this game and it it now seems to be a kind of indefinitely put on hold um, as the studio appears to be closing. So Oof. that's off to those guys. Um, best of luck to them. I know that it's not easy to lose your job, and especially on something that yeah, like the, that, that you've been working really hard on. Yeah, with all this time and effort, and just to have it, you know, you're funny get a myriad of reasons. Like your funny gets cut. You know, not enough people. It's probably maybe a structure change within the company. Mm-hmm. But. And our final story, before we get into what we've been playing, we're going in reverse this week. Uh, bring it back now, y'all. Is just the info on Season 2 of Call of Duty, which is now live. We've been waiting for an update to this here Call of Duty. And it is an update indeed. Early reports are suggesting that this update is around 50 gigabytes. <laughs> Holy crap. That's big. That's so big. I remember that time I was complaining about not being able to play all night, and that was less than 20. Mm -hmm. So I am not playing tonight. I will boot up the PS4, get the download started, then switch over to some Children of Morta. There you go. Oh, you don't have your PS4 to auto-install? Auto um, auto dude, I think I do, and like it just doesn't, doesn't work. Don't you have, to have it on like rest mode, though? It, I always have it on rest mode. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I'll double-check that. That's a good point, Kenny. Yeah. Um, so some new details about the season two. It's going to in introduce two uh, regular multiplayer maps. There's also a ground war map. Those are the really big ones. There's a couple new um, gunfight maps. Those are really small ones. We're also going to get uh, the operator, which is uh, he's Rust. He's the skull 
mask looking guy from Modern Warfare 2. Um, a couple new guns. Looks like one's an assault rifle called the Graw. And a submachine gun called the Striker. Um, and then there's a couple new maps. I already said that. Sorry, I didn't write down what the names of the maps were, but... It's okay. I mean, they're all kind I know of like... that. I know one of the of them. I forget the name, but maybe Tyler can help me out. You know, one of them is from Modern Warfare Two. It's the spiritual successor to um, the one with shipment. Oh, whatever. Which one that one is? You you know what I'm talking about, Tyler? Uh, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name. You can't of think it. of the name, right? Um, it's the same map, just with even higher obstacles everywhere. Uh, Isn't it like shipyard or something? Oh, big big tower. Is it? It might be. Shipyard? Is right. that the I one think, with all the shipping I think it is Shipyard. Is it? I think so. Okay, so it might be that. It's the, I know it's the one that in the following Modern Warfare was a, the successor to, you know, Shipment. Um, everybody loved that map, so I guess they're bringing it back for, mm-hmm. for this one. Um, I'm, I, I kind of fell off of Season 1, even though I was enjoying it for a little bit when I was doing 2v2s. Um, I feel like we should get into it, you know, do some 2v2s or 3v3s. Three, three yeah, if you're trying to stream one night, just let me know. I'm, it sounds perfect. Um, we could get into it. Um, Can you still throw snowballs? No, I don't think not anymore right now, right? I won't play. I never knew you could. Yeah, there was there was one <laughs> this the... there was the one map the winter winter version of it. You could pick up snowballs, and a yellow snowball was an instant kill. Oh, once wow. you hit somebody with it. I'm calling my mom. I appreciate oh, I it. I appreciate that. it. Yeah. Oh, Actually, on the Instagram account, I do have a video of somebody getting hit with a snowball. That's what I remember because I was like, wait, yeah. did, can't you throw snowballs? No, it was a regular one, but they were the health was already low and got hit in the back, and they were like, Ugh. <laughs> so is this new character adding? Is it like a skin, or it's like you can choose your character? It pretty now. much is just a skin, yes. and then you can customize them with stuff you unlock, you know, by yeah. either leveling up your tiers or completing missions quote-unquote that's cool um, yeah, i like that stuff and yeah like they're not like operators like in uh siege where they have drastically different um powers or anything right. it's so, just kind of a cosmetic yeah mainly um and then we actually do have some additional call of duty related news so call of duty 2020 was announced in a strange way at a uh you know it's the end of the fiscal year they're giving their reports to the investors and that's that's how it happened this time we hope you were sitting. So this is kind of funny from from Push Square, uh, PushSquare.com. We hope you were sitting down when you read the headline, which is <laughs> Call of Duty 2020 announced. Yes, Call of Duty will return in the year 2020. The annual franchise remains annual, and Activision will be maintaining its track record for another year. Who could have predicted this? The publisher confirms the next installment in its ever popular shooter franchise via its latest investors call, reports Charlie Intel. The game, which we'll name Call of Duty 2020 for now will arrive this fall as usual. According to the fan site, Activision did not confirm which of its studios will be leading development on the project. If it were to follow its usual cycle, next up would be Sledgehammer Games, but it seems like that's not the case. Interesting, interestingly, rumors circulated last year that Call of Duty 2020 will be handled primarily by Treyarch with Sledgehammer and Raven Studios in support roles. These same rumors suggested the game could be Black Ops 5 and set during the Cold War. Hmm. And now I related this back to a story from May of 2019 which was um, before even Modern Warfare had come out. This is when Jason Schreier Kotaku reported, um, next year's Call of Duty has gone through a major upheaval as publisher Activision informed developers this week that studios Raven and Sledgehammer, which had now been leading the project, will no longer be in charge. Instead, according to three people familiar with ongoings of the companies, Treyarch will lead development on Black Ops in 2020. 
It's a significant shift for Activision's massive first-year shooter franchise, which is one of the most lucrative video game series on the planet. Every fall for the past 15 years, Activision has put out a new Call of Duty game, supported by a stable of, three, of different developers who rotated duties as required. Since 2012, Activision has followed a three-year cycle for its three lead studios. Wow. <laughs> Woo. That's... Uh, I can't believe they're 15 years. Talk yeah. about annual releases. It's like, well, didn't Assassin's and Creed fall off too? eat it up mm -hmm. every single year. I mean, they're very well-made games, and people love shooting stuff. That's what our, yeah. our Americans are all about. That's what we, we, we don't understand strand-type games. We like, we like first-person shooters. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, um, but anyway, I think there was something that I didn't quite get in here, but one of the things that they say to the investors is we don't think this one will sell as well as Modern Warfare. So, like, hmm. what does that mean? And then it's also strange that they're not willing to confirm who the who the lead developer is because like, is this one going to come out and they're like they know it's not going to be good? They're like skeptical, trying to lower expectations. Um, maybe maybe I think maybe I think they they this one Modern Warfare is just doing so well that I don't think they could they could catch the spark again with, mm -hmm. the, with the next one. Especially if they're trying to keep it the live services thing that's you know a little hard when you have the other one like and, right around the corner. And by, and by all means. The the rumored battle royale hasn't even dropped yet. True. And we're ending the first quarter of the year, and so it'll drop, and that's gonna be the big rage. So we're gonna head into almost the release of the new Call of Duty while while battle royale is still fresh. Maybe they can make it so the battle royale is its own in, thing in both games. In both games, yeah, possibly. I mean, that would that would be yeah. the smart thing to do. Or maybe they're yeah. just it, it, all this twenty twenty one is is just campaign itself. Like maybe it's just own campaign disc and multiplayer and everything's the same. We just if you have the campaign disc added content. I mean that would be a first. I mean they did do multiplayer only with Black Ops four, so it's mm -hmm. not the most unheard of thing. But you know their bread and butter is online, so I would be surprised if it, if that were the case. But, yeah. Um, I. You know, it, this is also going to be the first one that you assume is going to be on PS5 and Xbox Series X. And when those systems launched, we got Ghosts, mm -hmm. um, which came on, which was cross-platform. Imagine um, it's Ghosts 2. That's literally, I was like, is that why it's not going to sell as well? Because it's the least popular franchise. In th it's Infinite Warfare 2. Oh, no, my God. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was which, the one like, they tried to make like Titanfall, right? Yeah, that yeah. was the most spacey of them all. Mm -hmm. And um, great campaign. It, really, like, it, it starred um, Kit Harrington from... Game of Thrones, who's Jon Snow. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, had the, the series has phenomenal motion capture. It has for years now. Uh, the cutscenes look great. The story was actually pretty engaging. I love the floating in space parts. I thought it was really fun to, like, zero gravity uh, zip lining and shooting and stuff. I thought it was pretty neat. But um, Hey, man, I played Observation. I know how space traffic works. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Similar. Yeah. Um, so what does it mean... It's all speculation at this point, I, you know, sort of a non-story. We knew that this was coming, but uh, just the little surrounding things, especially around the who's the developer going to be, mm -hmm. made me think it was noteworthy. So, it's been a big news week, and uh, I don't know, should we take a little take a little bullshit break? Yeah, I like, you know me, I'm always talking about bullshit. Like, uh, a quick BS break. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been on my bullshit... Pokemon kick. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon games. Oh, I yeah? started playing uh, new raids in Sword and Shield because they updated with some new Gigantamax Pokemon. So I'm looking out for those. Caught a Kingler. Gigantamax Kingler. Gigantamax. Uh, 
what's the fairy one? It's the Clefairy. Clefairy. I wish that'd be really cool if they had a big Clefairy that kind of looked like Gengar. That'd be a, that's a good idea. Mm. But there's like a big. It's like a dark fairy type guy. He's like big and lanky. Uh, I don't know. No one yeah. cares. He's yeah. <laughs> he's he's pretty cool. I'm glad I caught him. He was rare before this. And then now there's that. And I start playing a real time strategy Pokemon game that my good friend Stuart and shout out to Stuart had gotten me for my birthday a couple of years ago called Pokemon Conquest. Mm. And that takes place in like feudal Japan. And uh, it's very different. What you do is you have your little warlords, your guys, and then you have the Pokemon. And so you go out and you're pretty much, your goal is to just conquer all the different like castles or cities around. And you do this through uh, not normal Pokemon combat, but through like Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactic combat. Who made so this like, game? Uh, it's like an illegal game. It must be. No, no, it's it's totally a Nintendo DS. Uh, I don't remember the company that made it. But it's Japan it's, only. No, it's it's English. What? Yeah. I've never heard of this Pokemon Conquest yeah, it's in been out for feudal a while. Japan. Yeah, it's pretty good hmm. actually. It's great if you like RTS games. You like Pokemon. It's sick. You can capture wild Pokemon if you bond with them enough in the wild. It's really cool. Oh wow! Yeah, it's Damn. sick. It's well, where does it pull its uh, Pokemon from? Does it just uh, it goes up to black and white, so fifth generation? Okay. Yep. Well, pretty cool. I did not know that that existed. Yeah, it's I definitely recommend checking it out. I just actually um, pre-ordered Mystery Dungeon. Yeah, for the Switch. I watched a lot of a lot of preview stuff on Mystery Dungeon. I've been more. I was never into them before, but now I'm getting a little yeah. more and more. I'm gonna give it a shot. Okay. Yeah, large that looks great. Well, Anthony, I thought we were going to just have a little discourse, but you got us right into what we've been playing. I mean, we can still discourse. I mean, we usually play discourse. So that's no, all I can no, think no. of at the moment. You are all good, my friend. So you got the new Temtem, which is all the rage up on the Steam charts. Um, tell me about it, the new catch em all type. It's just Pokemon. It's, just, it's, it's super nice. It looks it's beautiful. Um, I got to say, I wanted, that was probably the biggest thing when I booted it up. I was like, animations are amazing. You can customize your own little like Temtem trainer guy. Uh, your rival's a big dickhead, which is great. It's uh, I was telling you guys before the show, it's a nice switch up from uh, a hop or anybody who's been a recent rival like in Let's Go, where it's like, hey, it's uh, whatever, man. You can beat me, it's fine. You know, I just I like losing. And you know, here's here's like 25 potions. Uh, unless we're best friends, so whatever. Bye. This kid's just like, I have the better Temtem than you. You suck. I'm gonna go follow you around still and go with the professor. And then he just whines a lot. And I heard on another podcast that if you actually lose to him, that you don't get to fight again. It's just like next time you see him, he's like, oh, yeah, I kicked your ass last time. You, oh, wow. I haven't, I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. I got to make sure I don't lose because you were supposed to lose the first time you fight him. Oh, really? You fight him at the beginning and he just like whoops you. And the professor's like, oh, wow, uh, he's got a really strong Temtem. So here you go. Here's another free second one. And you're like, oh, cool. Okay. So is the premise of this you're trying to be the very best and catch them all? I really don't know what the premise is. It's still early access, which has me a little worried because it's like... Well, right when you boot up the game, it's like, this is an unfinished product, so this is not a complete game. And I was like, oh, what did I just pay $35 for then? Mm. Well, I wonder if it'll be 60 once it's fully out. Yeah. I don't possibly. know. Probably not. I hope it, like, they grandfather in the people that, like, bought the early access. That's how it mostly happens, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so what are the mechanics? Um, they have uh, plans to bring it to the Switch, too. That's in, like, a year or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, they have, like, a, I guess a year plan or any year or so to hopefully port it to switch and i guess with the full release so do you know if it was a kickstarter game i think it was sounds like it yep yeah but it's it's cool it's all, all the battles are two on two rather than the pokemon's like one on one um but everything else pretty much they have the type advantage charts just like pokemon there's like three or four different types um battles two and two they can evolve after a while like pokemon uh how many temtem are there i don't know to be honest i haven't looked oh but i gotta check it out i'm really excited to see 
We'll have to come back next week once you've dove in a little further and you got some Temtem adventures under your belt. I will. I think I'm going to go home and play it tonight because I haven't played it since Sunday. And I'm getting the Temtem itch. Have you, like, does this game incorporate PvP more quickly mm-hmm. than, than the Pokemon games? I'm pretty sure. Because I've, I've seen it's like basically the big selling point for it was, it was like an online monster catching. It was like an MMO right. focus because you can just see people running around. And... Okay. okay. I mean, it's a great concept. It's something that people have wanted Nintendo to do for oh, yeah. ever. Yeah, since the like the first games. It, like, I'm really excited to see how the PvP works, but I'm sure you know I already see people walking around with like because your monsters follow you, which is great. Just like in uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, okay. let's go. The first Pokemon in your party, or first in this case, Temtem in your party follows you around. Okay, neat. so that's pretty cool. I was gonna be like, what? You have six of them following you? That's a little. That would be that'd be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but you get a little surfboard. I saw people surfing around. I'm like, how do you get a surfboard? I mean, it's cool because it's like I'm going into this new franchise with like no knowledge at all. So I'm not like, oh, I need to surf. I need this. Clear eyes, full hearts. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, lose. since we're going, I'll, I'll probably jump into it and because uh, I, I want to try out like what the co-op actually is like because you can like battle alongside other players. Oh, really? I didn't so, know that. So like one one person uses one Temtem each and then oh, wow. you're out fighting people. I'm not really sure how that's incorporated, but. That's interesting. I definitely want to get, get more into it. Look, because it's absolutely beautiful. The animations are great. Uh, everything's really polished. Like animations are awesome. Do you look, I just can't, like, I keep saying animation, yeah. but, like, the way that your character moves is so fluid, and it's a little weird. My only thing was, like, when you go into the grass, like, in Pokemon, you have the tall grass there where you encounter, you can't see any, like, monsters in the overworld, but the way they have it animated when you walk into the grass, it kind of looks like you're in water. Like, when you move or go in a circle, the grass just bends with you, kind of like you're going in a swimming pool, like you're wading around. Hmm, it, was, okay. it was really, like, I, I thought it was cool. It was a little weird, but I, I kind of like the effect. I was like, whoa, it's, like, watery grass. Word. Uh-huh. Speaking of waiting around, something that people have been waiting around for for a very long time is the final episode of Kentucky Route Zero. So Kentucky Route Zero is a game that originally released with episode one back in 2013. Uh, it was kickstarted in 2011. Uh, the final episode just w- was released a couple weeks ago, I believe on January 28th, and it came to all consoles, uh, Switch included, um, and now is being packaged in one TV edition. Um and it is a, it's sort of, it's, a, it's got a very minimalist um, sort of cell shaded indie aesthetic uh, that you see in a lot of those type of games. I will say it's very confident in its art style and it can be pretty striking at times um, because it's, it's not afraid to, to play with really up close camera angles that you weren't expecting or uh, just to sort of really starkly change the visual style. Um, so a lot of people say this game has very um, David Lynchian vibes, who's the director of the TV show Twin Peaks, as well as movies like uh, Eraserhead and Mulholland Drive, where it's sort of just sort of a, a bit of a surreal feeling where you feel like something extraordinary can happen and characters may or may not react in a believably like surprised mm-hmm. way. Like it just sort of like, I don't know, something will come out of left field and it's just it creates a sense of unpredictability in situations that you know might actually be originally mundane so like the premise of the game you're a truck driver who is on a mission to deliver this antique that you don't even know what it is uh from you work for this company called Lizette's Antiques and you're supposed to deliver them to a place on 5 Dogwood Drive or something and all the people that you're talking to are saying, oh, like the only way you can get there is through 
the root zero and you get to the root zero by some mysterious fashion and then you're just moving throughout the world and encountering different characters and uh you know it's very text heavy heavy there's like minutes and minutes of sometimes of just reading and um picking dialogue options uh you'll get other people introduced into your party and you can have them respond instead of the main character that you start as conrad which can really like change the flow of where the conversation goes um like it can feel a little bit tedious but there are times where it feels so sort of profound i don't know if i can go quite profound like it's gotten me almost there mm. uh like there there's a lot of themes of like um being in debt and what that can do to a person uh of you know of losing your livelihood of uh being a slave to a corporate entity type of thing so there's a lot of those sort of uh themes and, and metaphors and uh episode three really goes into some crazy places where you're I just finished episode three. So there's five episodes. One only took me about an hour, two about two hours, and three about three hours. Um, three took a while, especially because of one one part where you're literally practically playing a full-on text adventure game within a text adventure game. Like entering um, commands and everything? Yeah, yeah. Wow. The game has tons of commands like that, like turn right or, you know, look... Um, you know, pick up the flashlight or go back outside or something like that. Is the whole game just a text novel or you can actually see like there's visual aid to it, like pictures? And oh, there's total visual. I mean, like you play as a character, uh, you are walking around, there are 3D environments. I mean, albeit you move very mm -hmm. slowly. Um, like there's a section in episode two early on where it's all in an office building and, you know, it's, oh, he's up on the fifth floor. Go talk to him. Like, oh, she, she must have like left for lunch. Go check on the second floor. It sounds like my work day. And then like, so this is a minor spoiler. It really is a slight spoiler. But like, so there's this office building. The way that they present it to you is you can see straight through the walls. So, you know, you see the people working on the first floor doing this, the second floor doing that. And on the third floor, it's just a bunch of bears. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Just a bunch of bears looking around like you go in and walk around because like you're on the elevator. Of course, the first floor I go to is just labeled bears. <laughs> and I walk around. See, and my definition of bears is very different from the regular definition of bears. What do you mean? Like my like how I refer to it was bears. Like I like like bears the animal, but then there's my bears. Oh, okay. It's poop. So I, so I say going poop. <laughs> okay. I gotta go make bears. Okay, but no, these were literal bears. And so not just big things of poop no, rolling. It was an actual like animal bear. Yeah, yeah, and like that's several cool. of them just on the third floor of this office building, and that's just the sort of thing that you might encounter at any random time, mm -hmm. um, just to sort of spice up the flavor a little bit. Um, can you go into the room with the bears? Yeah, you can, and they just like they just, stare at you. That's good. So they're not like. Arr. No, there's no fail state in this game, as far as I know, except for one, uh, and that's within that game that I was talking about. Because the game within a game. Mm um i am pretty uh excited to play the rest like the story is progressing in a way that you know it's sort of it, it's about the journey it's not about delivering this final this, this package and i don't want to give away anything else about the story because it is unique and you you learn things about the main character conrad about you know you know that he has a, a problem with drinking uh, you know that he had a, a tragic thing happen that uh sort of led him on this life uh, you learn about his interesting relationship with his boss like was there something there before something happened uh, and then the other characters are cool too like you meet this punk rocker uh, character named uh, Junebug there's this great 
sequence where you go to a performance of theirs and as the performance is going you are selecting the lyrics and, wow. and the lyric and she'll sing them and it'll actually sound like a cohesive song no matter what you choose that's cool uh, it's really neat uh, and it's like something completely out of nowhere that like the, the, the game just will have moments that feel like oh wow that's a totally like they feel set PC even though they're low key Right. Yeah. Oh, so that's. It's, I like. It's, so is it? I'm, in my head, I'm envisioning just like a Telltale game, but more in depth, like like a Walking Dead kind of episode. Well, a lot less cinematic. Well, a lot less, I guess, high production value because it's very indie aesthetic and, and like you know, it's much weirder than those games. Like, is it like Children of Morta style, like pixel visual? arty? No, visually? it's more like um, har- harsh. Like yeah, I'm trying to think of a game to compare it to. Uh, kind of like that. Well, not everything. There's a uh, there's something that's like not high detailed, but it is still 3D. Yeah, but they it's not like pixelated. Um, and there are 3D environments here. Like you are moving from mm-hmm. left to right and top and down. Uh, I'll just have to check it yeah, out. Yeah, you just have to check it out. It's, it's a really it unique game. Um, it's hard to describe. I've never played anything like it. All the reviews because you were talking about it last week. I looked into it a little bit, and that's what they said. It's it's not really like it's a game, but it's not like a typical game. It's more about the, you just said the journey than the destination of getting to the end of the game it's like like your experience along the way enjoy what you're playing rather than like oh i need to beat the game yeah exactly and like the game you know you you naturally progress in a way it, it even when you feel like you might be lost like mm-hmm. it, it's it tends to gently nudge you in the right direction to where you i have not been stuck for longer than a few minutes mm-hmm. uh, and that was just because i didn't realize that i could walk up this stairway that i could walk up oh. um so yeah that's um Kentucky Route Zero. You can buy it now, complete edition. Pretty exciting that it finally is out. I mean, I can't imagine for the people that have been waiting <laughs> like years for each release. I'm glad that I get to all play it at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, how about you, Kenny? You been playing anything? I've been playing a couple things actually. Um, I did start trying out Children of Morta. Um, I completed, you know, because I wanted to try something different. And I remembered you had mentioned that you played it. You talked about it a little bit. And it was on, it's on Game Pass. Um, what remains of Edith, Edith Finch. And I played right through that game. And wow, what a beautiful story. Yeah. Like I Is was, that on Game Pass? Yeah, that's on oh, Game wow. Pass. Okay. Yeah. Um, beautiful story. And I was like, holy crap. Like, this is amazing. And then, so I played through that. Um, then I was like, oh, let me try out. You know, there's not too much I, I could say to that. And, you know, anybody wants to really uh, real in depth about it, um, go back. I think it was like episode five. You went through it. I don't think I could say anything better than what you said then. Like it really, it really was like I was like, wow. Like he was right on point with it. Like just going through every family member story and seeing how exaggerated their death was written by Edie mm-hmm. was amazing. You know, mm-hmm. because you know she's the one that chronicled all their deaths. Um, spoiler, um, but it was really like wow, like out there, and I was like, you so, know. So she, after you played the game, did you go watch my video of it? No, because you know I've watched all the videos, so I kind of like you remembered. Like, kind of for the gist of it, I kind of remember, and I was okay. like, wow, you know, like he was on point, and it was great. And then and even in, th- in text messages, I remember there was even a text message like, "You guys should play What, what Remains of Edith Finch." It was amazing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it was. Um. And it really was like. What was your favorite chapter? Barbara. Is that the comic book one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Barbara. Yeah, that was probably that my one, second or third. That one, I really truly enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the narration by it gave me like a childhood vibe of um, what's that show 
with the um the creepy like skeleton that would tell the the, the stories tales from the crypt yeah oh, okay so it gave me like a tales from the crypt vibe mm-hmm. um during that chapter and i was like wow like this is really well done every chapter almost gave you such a different vibe and almost like a different slightly difference in gameplay and storytelling mm-hmm. as well um how you relived each person's you know death and i thought within those five hours they did so much and did and did it well mm-hmm. that i was like i i wish i would have just bought the game you know yeah to support it right mm-hmm. yeah i mean um my personal favorite was the the cannery one ah yes that one that one really develops very well that Definitely. was the most emotional one i thought yeah the extremely sad yeah like you know like this guy want just wanted to escape his reality mm-hmm. you know and ended up cutting his head off because of it Ooh. well i don't remember that I, did he yeah I, so, so don't, you, don't spoil Ma, i'm sorry yeah. spoilers spoilers. <laughs> yeah. spoilers but yeah. yes that one's definitely super sad yeah. it's an old game it's an old game you can spoil it i'm, I'm older, sorry older, right? you know well i could get it's a new game to game pass we want people to play yeah, the shit definitely, we talk about. definitely check it out it, um, i think the biggest thing in it i'm not spoiling you know it has a nice little twist and You'll enjoy it. I I definitely recommend it. For I think the playthrough should have last more than four to five hours, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're not ru- rushing through. If you're just enjoying it, four to five hours is right on point. Um, it's a great you, palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. It is, and that's what I needed. I needed a palate cleanser between games, mm-hmm. you know, so I could just refresh and say, what's the next next genre I want to jump into? Yeah, something you really want to dig into, which yeah. is what I have been doing with Children of Morta. Yes, and I can see why you're you're digging it. It has that, it's it's that roguelike vibe. I was playing it. It's nice. The combat's good. Um, has its, I don't know, like, I didn't play it enough to notice it, but are the some of the spawns of some of the ability like the temporary like map abilities are those random like yeah they're they're random they're very random Mm -hmm. right so my first playthrough won't be the same as yours right like what i pick up in out of those chests and things oh for sure yeah those change from run to run perfect Uh, not even from um you know uh playthrough to playthrough like for every run run. everything will be a little bit mishmashed around um i really got into this game this week i had just started playing it last week now i'm at the final i I believe it's the final level um i just had a and i'm about 13 hours in or so like the game is not super long but i mean for this i think it's the perfect length i mean i have one of my characters at max level now still has a few skills that i can upgrade but the the skill level is reached so i have all the perks um, one of the great things about this game is that uh, how much it encourages you to play as the six members of the Bergson family as you're trying to you know crawl through these dungeons because each time you reach level 4, 8, 12, 16, and 20, I believe, everybody gets a perk. Like no matter if it's a character that you don't like that much, like everybody gets a little bit better. So that it, it, and also if you like die too much of one character, you'll have fatigue and you'll start with like you know forty percent less health. So you're pretty much forced to try out somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we switch it up. Yeah, and like and I talked about how I was a little frustrated earlier when I first started playing it is that like it felt like you're running away too much because mm-hmm. there's these giant hordes of enemies, it gets better. Like it, it starts okay. a little bit like that, but you will get to a point where you're doing more damage and you, you have more um, abilities at your disposal to where it's not 
too much of an issue. Like the game is a great difficulty as well. Like it's challenging, but it's not like super frustrating. Most bosses take a couple tries, uh, but like you really have to be sitting up and concentrating because you just had this like 20 minute run. You finally get to the boss. Like you don't want to mess it up. So like every time I go in, like, okay, am I going in this as a learning experience or am I really going to try and taking it out? And so like usually I'll start, learn the patterns, maybe eke out a victory, but usually have to go back again and then I'll go back in and usually there, there's only been the boss I was stuck on longest was the first boss. So that just shows yeah. you like is the progression. Like once you start leveling up, things get a little bit easier. The combat gets way more dynamic and um, you start finding more things in your runs to shake things up. Um, I remember I said that it wasn't by binding of Isaac level last week. It's still not, um, but it, it gets to a point where it's each unique, each run does still feel somewhat unique, you know, 12, 13 hours in. So, I'm looking, I'm actually like sort of sad about the idea of it being over because mm -hmm. it is such a, like an addictive loop that I might try to get my first ever 1000 gamer score with this. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I got 22 platinum tro or 21 platinum trophies, no 1000 gamer scores as far as I know. So. That's the Xbox platinum trophy, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, the diamond. diamond. <laughs> the diamond. The diamond in the rough. Yeah, I, honestly, um, it's, it's a game that I see myself kind of just trying and just giving it a shot and seeing how far I could get and you know how frustrated I could get you know before I you know, I'm gonna try it and not give up on it yeah. if it gets too frustrating and just play through it I tend to sometimes with some roguelikes just give up after a little bit dude if we all got together and like had two TVs some beers and played this game for a few hours that would be epic like that? I could just <laughs> there. You said that'd be fucking epic. Well, it's, 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 Let's it's, make it happen. It, it is two player co yeah. a couch call. Let's stop talking about it and just do it. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing with the division? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> what? I, I yeah. feel like I feel like this one would be a good one. Like we if we decided to kind of go in and just do do some content for the YouTube channel with this one. Mm -hmm. I definitely give it a shot. I feel like. You know, I want to see what happens when you throw a second user in there. Like, does does it amp the difficulty? It up? does. I actually did play a little bit of two player with somebody, um, okay. and it does. The, their health bars are a little bit heavier, um, and I will say it. You got to have some communication with your partner because you don't want them going in a direction that you're mm -hmm. not going. Because then the camera's just going to keep on panning out. Oh, it doesn't split screen off. It just kind of no, like, no. It's all one screen. Oh boy, like, it's all yeah. isometric. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and it works. Uh, and I think just as long as you have somebody that you're good to communicate with. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, mm, you got to be. It's kind of like playing Left for Dead in a yeah. a roguelike sense because you got to be. I remember my experiences with Left for Dead had to be very you know coordinated, oriented. You know, be like, hey, don't shoot that guy. Hey, watch out, the witch is there. Or like, oh god, I'm sorry, you got puked on. Let me come help you out. Or mm -hmm. get to the safe room. I don't care. Well, we respond at the safe room. It's a fun game. Mm -hmm. I haven't played that in a long time. Um, so yeah, I also wrapped up Plague Tale. Still think it's a really good game, but I was so done with it by the time it was over. Mm. To be honest, I was like, "These rats, man! These rats <laughs> Too many are, rats!" There's just they were. I was really getting frustrated. It, it's quick to die. It's yeah. quick to die because the moment they get you, it's like almost no chance to like back off from it, right? Or survive or anything like that. Um, and then they incorporate archers into the final yes. section. Oh, Holy good. shit! That that, that frustrated oh, man, me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then it just kind of becomes the, like a, the, the last fight did you have to retry it the last fight yeah I think I had to retry it like two or three times yeah same here yeah the, the, it won't spoil it it's pretty yeah. cool it definitely was cool I had to retry a couple of times just because fucking rats yeah the rat, it's like it is, they 
the rats have a big finale we'll just say yes. that yeah, yeah. 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 yes um, um, just whenever you guys the way you guys are talking about it in my head I'm just uh, I'm imagining the swirl of the what is it the like base heartless from Kingdom Hearts three and that little swirl the shadow, pretty much shadow tower yeah but oh, rats. like kind of wow. similar yeah final fight is yeah. exactly kind of yeah. Plague Tales version of that fight wow that's that's wild I was gonna say mm. to get a, do you have a key do you have a big key you can hit it with or no. anything no <laughs> we will say no more okay but I still recommend the game for sure I don't want to sound down on it I think it was a solid solid experience definitely worth playing especially if you're a fan of the genre like you know if you like story driven third person mm. games this will definitely scratch that itch mm. alright I think that that may be coming to the close of our show I want to talk about one more thing for oh, a little okay. bit. So, Dreams for Dreams. the PlayStation 4 mm-hmm. drops on Friday, What's Valentine's that? Day. Out this week. Out this week. It's been a long it's time. Real. Announced in 2013. Really? Yeah. Are you picking it up, Tyler? I was thinking about it. I mean, I would think it would be really cool just to um, meddle around in that, um, see what other people are creating, maybe try my hand in creating something mm-hmm. um i really have no idea how like the, the interface looks and i just thought, I thought it would be a pretty cool and interesting thing to, to try out um definitely opportunities that we could go out there and, and stream some content um maybe we have some friends or viewers or anybody that are making things in dreams that we could try out and kind of like do little reviews of mm-hmm. um is it like a little big planet type of thing? Or yes, is it like no. you make your own game? It is a make your own game, but it's a vastly bigger scale than like a little big planet. Like you can literally do any type of game. Wow. Um it seems ridiculously in depth and Ooh. somewhat accessible from what I've heard. Like huh. Um, to check this out yeah i mean i think it, i i hope the game is a big success and that it finds the streaming audience that it's so kind of is begging for based on its premise mm-hmm. um we'll see yeah. i mean the game yeah the the developers themselves the developers of dreams um they seem really invested in just the community aspect of the game like they, they've had tons of meetups and they've had a lot of communication with the the game developers and like the players and they're really trying to make sure that that is at the the forefront of this game mm-hmm. um the, the support for for that community cool unlike Check super mario out. maker 2 yeah which, yeah basically yeah which will you know has had a uh somewhat of a dodgy relationship with nintendo and uh it's it's i mean i really hope that it is that it's a big thing and yeah i'm down to down to get that with you, game share it, and hopefully that the campaign is good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think killed Mario Maker too. They took out Amiibos. They dropped uh, Amiibo support. I think that 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 helped kill it. I don't know if it's quite <laughs> dead, but that it helped like not. I don't know why they wouldn't though, because it's just they have Switch can do Amiibos. Why would you take it out? They had so many costumes. Yeah, that was not a smart move. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll bring it back for a big update. Hopefully. Hopefully we get mm-hmm. try these, updates. These big updates can Save add games. and remove all types of things. So, All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Level With You show. It has been our pleasure to serve you. You can watch the video live on twitch.tv slash levelwithyou every Tuesday evening starting at about 6.30. Find the video up on YouTube the following day as well as on podcast services everywhere. If you'd like to leave us any suggestions, comments, or desires for the channel please do so in the comment section below until next time stay level have a good night and don't forget to sign up for the tournament at smash gg if you want to join we'd love to have you
Indeed. I got nothing for you. <laughs>